Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Mail Podcast. I am your host, Clay Miller, and we've got a great episode coming up for you today. Guess what? Football season is finally here. We've waited, it seems like a long time to see our favorite teams and players take the field, but both the NFL and college season is finally upon us, and that's what this episode and the next couple of episodes are primarily going to be about. And today, I'm going to give you an overview of the NFL season, what I think we can expect from the teams, who's going to win each division, and then finally, who's going to win the Super Bowl. And then we're going to have another edition of Miller's Pillars, and I'm going to give you my top five quarterbacks that I think are under the most pressure this season to have a good year and perform. And then finally, we begin with a new segment, Good Take Hot Take, where I take takes that you submitted to me, and I tell you, is it a good take or is it a hot take? Thank you for listening once again. Let's jump right into it. All right, guys, as I just mentioned in the intro, football season is finally back. And if you're like me, then you're so excited to be watching the games this year. And so for the majority of our time today, we are going to be discussing the NFL. Next week, I hope to talk about college football with my friend Andrew Sullivan once again. But today it's all about the National Football League, and I'm going to be giving you a league overview. And to do that, we're going to go through each division, talk about the best teams, the best players, I'm going to be giving you who I think is going to win each one. And finally, a Super Bowl winner. Uh, So stay tuned for that because don't you want to know who's going to win it all? But I really do think that coming into this NFL season, there are more entertaining storylines than maybe ever before. Um, And it seemed like we just had so much controversy and interesting things surrounding teams this offseason, especially regarding quarterbacks. And of course, those are the ones that make the most news. They're the faces of these franchises. And whether it be rookie quarterbacks coming in or quarterback competition or elite quarterbacks coming back from injury or being unhappy with their, their teams, you look around the league and almost every team has a quarterback that has something pretty exciting going on. And so to go along with that, I'm going to be giving you my top five quarterbacks that I think are under the most pressure this year to perform at the highest level and have a good year because there are certainly plenty in the league that have a lot of pressure on them. But to start our NFL segment, I'm just going to go division by division and we're going to talk about the best teams and the best players in those. And we're going to start in the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I want to begin with that division because I honestly think it's probably the easiest to pick. They have the reigning Super Bowl champions, as I just mentioned, the Buccaneers, and they have the GOAT Tom Brady on that team. And the insane thing uh, about the Buccaneers and the scary thing for that division is that I'm not even sure the offense is their best side of the ball. Because you look at that defense and you see Devin White and Levante David as the linebackers and then Shaquille Barrett on the defensive line and they have a a solid secondary and they're really built to stop anyone in the league. They have athletes, they have strength, um, they have veterans and you know, I definitely, I don't want to be a young quarterback um, facing that defense and I think they will continue to carry them through the regular season this year uh, and into the postseason. And they're also returning all 11 starters, I think, on defense and on offense. And so that continuity really gives them an advantage in their division uh, and on the rest of the league. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball and you see Tom Brady and the leader that he is. Um, And then you look at the plethora of weapons that they have with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski. And it's almost like who can compete with that because he's always going to have somewhere to go with the ball. And you know Brady is going to get the ball out on time 
and where it needs to go, even though he just seems to age and age and age, but never get any worse. Um, and so I think the Buccaneers should have a pretty easy path to win the NFC South this year. There are some interesting um, storylines, though, as I mentioned, in that division, especially regarding quarterbacks, because the Saints are trying to replace the legend that was Drew Brees. He finally decided to retire after a long and legendary career. And Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are battling for that job. And now Sean Payton has just announced that Jameis Winston will be quarterback one to begin the year. But knowing Jameis, I'm not so sure that's going to last very long. We know Payton loves Taysom Hill, just gave him a big contract. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Saints move on from Breeze and if Jameis is the answer. It Wouldn't it be such a redemption arc if he's able to put together a great career with the Saints and Sean Payton uh, and maybe even dominate that division after Brady leaves uh, and get some revenge on his old team. But also you have the Falcons and the Panthers in that division. Uh, Sam Darnold is obviously coming in from the Jets to the Panthers. How will he do this year in a new system? Is he a good NFL quarterback? And I think this is his chance to prove it or else he may be out of the league. And then you have, as I mentioned, the Falcons um, kind of in rebuilding mode with their new head coach and Arthur Smith. They drafted Kyle Pitts at tight end. They still have some exciting playmakers on offense, but just not the overall roster depth or you know the exciting players I think they need to have to compete this year. And so that's really the Buccaneers' division to lose. And I'll talk a little bit later more about them and their playoff chances and their Super Bowl chances. So now let's head to the NFC East where my favorite team resides, the ones that I'm a fan of, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. And that's actually who I think are going to win the division this year. And I know I sound like a normal Cowboys fan that's very bullish on them, but I think they should win and they need to win because if they don't this year, then it might be time to give up on them. Um, Dak Prescott is obviously coming off a major injury, so he may need some time to recuperate and and to get back to the form uh, that we know he can play at. But besides that, they still have so many weapons on that roster. Um, They have, you know, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper at wide receiver, maybe the best trio in the league. They have Ezekiel Elliott at running back, that strong offensive line, and then a revamped defense that should be much improved. And so if they can't get it done this year, then I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Dak, a lot of pressure on Jerry Jones. Um, And it's going to be harder and harder to put your faith in that team in the coming years. Now, this is a very interesting division because we've seen a lot of the teams are trying to rebuilding and kind of getting to that point where they need to start seeing results. Uh, With the Washington football team, obviously bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're starting to build a great defense there with Chase Young. Um, And I think they can make some noise as well. And if I had to pick a team, I think that could upset the Cowboys this year, it would be the Washington football team. And then you also look at the New York Giants uh, and Daniel Jones. And obviously there's a lot of pressure in New York, a lot of pressure being that team's quarterback. And how is he going to do this year? Because it's really now or never. He's had a couple years to develop, uh, to kind of get his feet under him. And hopefully Saquon Barkley stays healthy and he gets to have that offense at full strength. And so if he continues to look underwhelming and like he doesn't belong in the league, I think the Giants probably move on. And then finally in that division, you have the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts. They're obviously a rebuilding team right now. Hurts is an exciting player and uh, obviously went to Alabama, had a, had a great career there and at Oklahoma. I think that he will have a great year, especially in fantasy leagues. Um, so hint, hint, may want to draft him. 
But the Eagles overall just don't have the talent, I think, to win the division and make the playoffs. So heading to the NFC North, um, I also think this is a division that is pretty easy to pick, and that is, uh, I think the winner is going to be the Green Bay Packers. And like the Cowboys, I think they almost, out of necessity, need to win this year because there is going to be so much hate and so much um, vileness thrown their way if they don't, especially because Aaron Rodgers and everything that happened this offseason with him seemingly not wanting to play for the Packers anymore and then coming back, um, they need to win it this year. And there's not really another team that I would say should, should pose a threat to them. Obviously, you have the Vikings, who are kind of just eh, so-so with Kirk Cousins. Um, they have a, a stout defense, but I don't really see them being um, talented enough to compete with the Packers. You have the Bears and Justin Fields, who I'm certainly excited. I discussed last week on the, epi- on, on the episode how I think he's going to do, and he's got a lot of potential there. But the Bears are a couple years away, I think. Um, and then you also have uh, the Lions in that division going – under just a complete rebuild, trading for Jared Goff, getting rid of Matthew Stafford. Um, and that's in a roster under Dan Campbell that needs some time um, to kind of form and grow under him. And so if the Packers don't win that division, then something I think is wrong. Um, Devontae Adams has also hinted that this might be his last year. I think some other players on that team are probably, you know, only there for Aaron Rodgers as well. And so it's now or never for the Green Bay Packers. And so finally, we come to the most exciting division, I think, in the NFC, and that is the West, where we have probably four teams who could legitimately say they have a good chance to win the division. The Seahawks with Russell Wilson, the 49ers, and the defense that they have and the weapons they have, but they got to get that quarterback situation figured out with Garoppolo and Lance, and then you have the Cardinals with Kyler Murray and J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, and also the L.A. Rams who recently traded for Matthew Stafford. Personally, out of this division, I think the Rams are going to win. I think that defense is excellent with Jalen Ramsey, with Aaron Donald. Probably maybe the two best players at their position. You know they're going to be good. And then if Matthew Stafford can come in and just even be, you know, a little bit better than Jared Goff was. Jared Goff took this team to a Super Bowl, and I think Matthew Stafford is better than him then I think you could see something special happen this year. He has Cooper Cup. He has Robert Woods to throw to. And Stafford knows how to distribute the ball around, and he can make all the throws. And so I think that the Rams are in a position to win this year. Now, as I said, all the other teams have a legitimate chance. If the 49ers can figure out their quarterback situation, um, which I think is going to be Trey Lance, um, then I think they could also make a push for the division win, especially with the defense that they have. Cardinals are so-so. Um, they obviously have Kyler Murray. Uh, I think they have a good chance maybe to get a wild card spot this year, but I don't think they have the talent to compete overall. Uh, and then the Seahawks may end up being the worst team. Um, Russell Wilson obviously has had some controversy in the offseason with, with the team. And so it'll be very interesting to see how that offense performs this year. And if they don't do well again, is this his last season? And that's discussion for another time. But I think the Rams are set up to win this year. And so my winners for each division in the NFC. In the South, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, East Dallas Cowboys, North Green Bay Packers, and West LA Rams. So now let's move to the AFC. Um, And let me know who you think are are going to win each division um, and if I missed any. In the AFC, let's start simply with the AFC East. 
And my pick to win this division, I think, is kind of surprising. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. Um, This is probably my most controversial pick, but you know Bill Belichick and the great coach that he is. And I think what he did this offseason, rebuilding that roster, providing that offense with weapons, you know he's going to have a good defense. And I think whatever quarterback that they end up settling on and putting out on the field will have a good chance um, to guide them to a great record and potentially winning that division. And I really don't trust the Buffalo Bills. They had a great season last year, but the other teams were weaker in the division. Josh Allen, I like him a lot at quarterback, but there are also a lot of questions on that team. And they have a lot of off-the-field issues as well. Um, If you've been paying attention to social media, you may have seen some of the COVID issues that they've been having. Um, I don't know if that defense can sustain what they've been able to do. Obviously, they've got some great playmakers. So I think the Patriots have a real opportunity to take that division back this year, regardless of if Cam Newton or Mac Jones takes the field. Um, You also have the Dolphins in that division with Tua. Tonga being the man this year, they have a good team as well and could also potentially make the playoffs. And then those poor Jets. Um, they drafted Zach Wilson. Don't get me wrong. I think that he has the potential to be an elite quarterback in this league, but right now is not the time. So the Patriots are who I have winning the AFC East. Moving to the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans will win this division, in my opinion. This is also one that I think could end up not being that close. And you look at the bottom of the league with the Houston Texans and just the absolute mess that they are. First, their roster is horrible. And then the one good player they do have in Deshaun Watson, um, all the offseason controversy and um, legal matters regarding him. I don't think that you'll you'll see anything great from the Texans this year. Um, And then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, a lot of excitement around Trevor Lawrence becoming the face of the franchise and Urban Meyer, the new head coach. I think we see some good things from that offense this year, Um, but obviously it would be very surprising if they were able to win that division. Really the only team that I can see competing with the Titans is the Indianapolis Colts, but that all depends on if Carson Wentz is healthy and playing at the level that he can and and has shown in the past. The defense is elite, um, very good at, at the worst, but if Carson Wentz can't perform at a high level, then I don't see them being able to score enough Um, to beat out the Titans and I really don't think we're going to see Carson Wentz play at that elite level this year and so you look at the Titans and Ryan Tannehill who we know how efficient he is you have Derrick Henry there now you bring in Julio Jones along with A.J. Brown they have a dynamic offense and you know the Titans are always going to have a pretty solid defense so I think we see Tennessee win that division this year moving to the AFC North and I think this is kind of the NFC West uh, if you will of the AFC because all four teams have a legitimate chance I would say to make some noise in in this division my winner is the Cleveland Browns and obviously the Browns are known uh, have a reputation of letting their fans down of being kind of a poor organization but they've finally shown signs of life and been on the rise they gave the Chiefs a good game in the playoffs last year I think Kevin Stefanski has turned that offense around and finally instilled that confidence back in Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham Jr. should be back on the field healthy. You still have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got Jarvis Landry. They have more may have more weapons than anyone else in the league. And then you look on the defensive side in the ball, and they have Miles Garrett, um, probably the best you know edge rusher in the league. Denzel Ward in the secondary. They've added some other pieces as well. And so I think if they live up to their potential, they should and 
they could and should, I would say, win that division. Now, the other argument could be made for the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, they're always a very solid team on defense. They have Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, the dynamic playmaker that he is at quarterback, running, throwing. But he does have some flaws at quarterback. And I think that, you know, you could either see those exploited this year. Who knows? He may have a great year. But either way, I actually have more trust in the Browns than I do the Ravens. As for the other two teams, the Steelers, we all know that they're a very consistent organization, but I don't think they get it done this year. I think they actually miss the playoffs. Big Ben is aging. He's older. It's about time for him to hang up those cleats. Um, They brought in Najee Harris from Alabama, who I really like. Um, I think he'll have a good year at running back. Another player I would highly suggest drafting in fantasy. Um... But overall, I think that they're on the decline and they, they kind of need some fresh air breathing that organization through another quarterback. And I don't know if Big Ben can still get it done. And then you have the Cincinnati Bengals who are on the rise with Joe Burrow and the offensive weapons that they're gathering. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back from that ACL tear this year because we, we know he has all the talent in the world, all the intangibles in the world. So where do the Bengals progress to this year? I don't think they win the division, but it, it will be interesting to see how far they have come, and maybe what the future holds for them. So the Cleveland Browns, I think, will win that division. Finally, we have the AFC West, and I think this one is pretty easy to pick as well. The Kansas City Chiefs will win this division. Obviously, they have the best quarterback in the league right now, I think, hands down, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Maybe the greatest talent we've ever seen at the quarterback position as far as being able to make any throw that he wants, the elusiveness that he has. Uh, the intangibles that he has. And then he throws to some great players as well. You know, Tyree Kill, one of the fastest men uh, on planet Earth as far as playing football. Travis Kelsey at tight end. He has some good running backs as well. If, if he can get that offensive line healthy, then I think the Chiefs are probably going to be more formidable than they've ever been. Obviously, they've they've had some holes on defense in the past, but you know they have Tyron Matthew leading that defense and Frank Clark, and so I think they're definitely uh, sound enough and and will be able to hold up enough to let Patrick Mahomes do his thing and win a lot of games this year. And there's been a lot of talk from him about wanting to go 17 and 0. I think that's just so difficult um, in today's NFL. Don't see them doing that, but I think they could have a very good record and should win that division pretty easily. The one team I think I could we could see um, kind of keeping up with them is the Los Angeles Chargers because even though they've been you know pretty bad over the last couple seasons, they're in so many close games. They could have easily been a playoff team and had a winning record. They now have that superstar quarterback. I think potentially replacing Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert had a breakout rookie season last year. They have so many weapons on offense, and if they can get that defense to perform at a, at a pretty high level. Watch out for the Chargers. I think they make the playoffs this year as a wild card team and could make some noise in the playoffs. The Broncos and Raiders are kind of both just in, in a holding situation. They're they're good teams, not great. A lot of pressure on John Gruden this year to get the Raiders to show some signs of life, but I don't really think it happens. Um, and I and I think the Broncos are just kind of in a poor position right now to to win a lot of football games. And so for the AFC, I have the Patriots winning the East, the Titans winning the South, the Browns winning the North, and the Kansas City Chiefs winning the West. And so now let's talk about the Super Bowl. I'm not going to go through all the playoffs, but I think in the Super Bowl this year, 
we will see the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I thought about putting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there again, but I didn't want to just pick a repeat. And I really do think, as I mentioned, that with Matthew Stafford coming in, the Rams have a legitimate chance this year to to get back to that elite level and make the Super Bowl um, and, and compete to win it all with the Chiefs. And then I think the Kansas City Chiefs will win the Super Bowl this year. Now, it could easily be proven wrong, but I think Patrick Mahomes is coming back on a mission. They still have a lot of those players on that team. And I think we see a return to form from the offensive line, and they will win the Super Bowl this year. So tell me who you think is going to win uh, a division, maybe, if you disagreed with me, and make it to the Super Bowl, and who is going to win it all. So that's my league overview. Obviously, uh, I can't go into great detail, um, but I think we're set up for a very exciting season this year in the NFL with some great storylines, as I mentioned, especially at the quarterback position. And so now... It's time for the next edition of Miller's Pillars. And I'm going to be giving you my top five quarterbacks under the most pressure. And I've kind of hinted at all of these in that overview that I just gave. But there are so many this year that have moved teams or are coming off of injuries or whatever the the case may be that have a lot of pressure on them. And so I'm going to give you my top five. And some of these are very interesting um, and if you think you have one that I don't have on this list, then hit me up at SportsMailPod and tell me your quarterback that you think is under the most pressure. And so starting at number five, I have Matthew Stafford. I just talked about it a lot <laughs> with the LA Rams. I think this team is built to make the Super Bowl this year. And for years, the story has been that Stafford is you know, a great, maybe even borderline elite quarterback. But the Lions, the Detroit Lions were the ones that failed him. They didn't give him a chance to win. And so the narrative has always been that he can do everything. You know, he can win, but the team and the organization prohibited him from it. But all that's gone now. With the Rams trading for him and sending Jared Goff to Detroit, the excuses are gone. He's in L.A. It's time to show what Stafford can do, and it's really now or never for him. Now, I don't think they just ditch Stafford if he doesn't get it done this year. But it's Super Bowl or bust for the L.A. Rams with the defense that they have and now with Stafford uh, and the talent that he has. And so it's really time for him to prove it. And if he wants his legacy to be that he was a borderline elite quarterback, I think he needs to take this team at least to the Super Bowl um, while he's there. Matthew Stafford, number five uh, in my top quarterbacks under the most pressure. Now heading to number four. I actually have a, a tandem here because I think they kind of go together. I have Tua Tungavailoa and Daniel Jones. And unfortunately for these two, the pressure is is probably unfair and a little unwarranted. But because of the way the season unfolded last year for Tua especially, um, he has to be better. And I think he has to lead this Dolphins team to the playoffs or else they may look elsewhere. And like I said, I think it's completely unfair to him. He came in in a situation where I don't think he even should have played with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the Dolphins obviously wanted him to get in there. And then when he did, it didn't seem like they had any faith in him. They didn't let him run the the, the plays and, and, and the playbook that I think that they let Fitzpatrick do. And so he was kind of put in an impossible situation. But that being said, he needs to play better, and he has the skill set to do so. And so if he can limit the turnovers and stay healthy, then I think that he can alleviate a lot of that pressure um, and take this Dolphins team to the playoffs. And if he's not able to, then we might see him, um, you know, unfortunately traded away from the Dolphins and have to start somewhere else. 
And then also Daniel Jones. I think he's in a very similar boat. He has to prove it this year. He's had a little longer than Tua, but he hasn't really had a better team, I would say. In fact, the Giants are probably much worse. Um, And if he can't figure it out, then they probably look to move on. And as unfair and unfortunate as they might be for him, when you play for New York and you play for the Giants, that's the kind of expectations you are given. And he's been given a lot of weapons with Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and several other receivers. And so if he doesn't show massive improvement this year, it might be the end of Daniel Jones' time in New York City. uh, Or New Jersey, I should say, actually. (laughs) All right, number three on my list, I have Carson Wentz. Um, Obviously, he had an ugly exit from Philadelphia. And ever since he's torn his ACL, you know, back when he was having that MVP season, we just haven't seen the same Carson Wentz. He's had some good moments. You see flashes of that number two overall pick that he is. But he hasn't really looked the same. And so they trade him to Indianapolis. He's back under Frank Reich, with whom he had all that success with in Philadelphia. And I think he needs to look good and perform well, or else he could be done in the NFL as far as being perceived as an elite QB. Because we know that he he kind of seemed to be a problem in the locker room last year and the way he carries himself. And so it's a prove-it year for him as well. And if he can't come back and be that great quarterback, um, then I think there's a lot of concern moving forward. And he's already had an injury this offseason. And, you know, will he get this label that he's injury-prone? And so if he doesn't come back from that well and look great, um, then there's going to be a ton of pressure on Carson Wentz. He's with a good organization in Indianapolis, and I think he could make the playoffs this year if he plays to that great to elite level um, that we've seen him play at in the past. Number two on my list is Lamar Jackson. And I think there is a ton of pressure on him this year. I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about it, but he has to take that next step and put everything together. The Ravens have shown that they can make the playoffs under under him. They've shown that they can have really successful regular seasons, but yet they get to the playoffs and it's just not there. It, they, they just look uncomfortable and they almost look like they don't even belong. Lamar has the ability as a runner. He has the ability as a dynamic player. Uh, playmaker but in the playoffs when it matters the most he has to be able to command that offense a lot of people want to talk about his throwing ability and he definitely has to do that and be able to to make the plays with his arms but it's more about commanding the offense when they need to put together a drive when they need to make those those scoring drives to win games can he do it Uh, and can he take care of the ball and that will, will be what I'm interested to see this year obviously he's young still got a lot of time but I think there's a lot of pressure on Lamar to show that or else he could be branded as someone who just is never good enough. It is can't quite get over the hump. All right, moving on to my number one quarterback under the most pressure this year, and I have to go with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in general. I think they also fall under the most pressure because it looks like this may be it for Aaron Rodgers in a Packer uniform. Um, and even though I'm sure that he will try to go to a team, you know, if he does leave the Packers where he has a good chance to win a championship, who knows, this may be the best chance he gets for the rest of his career. And if so, then he and the Packers have to make this year count. I just, I talked about a little bit about Devontae Adams and, and he's hinted this might, might be his last year with the Packers as well. And I think, you know, if they don't win it this year and Rodgers leaves, then all the momentum, you know, kind of, falls out from under that organization. And I think it's very important that they 
they potentially get to the Super Bowl and win it, even win it this year, because they've had opportunities. They could have won last year and beaten, you know, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and didn't do it. And so there's a ton of pressure, I think, on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers organization to not just get to the playoffs, not just have a great year, but to get to the Super Bowl and give Rodgers a chance to win it. And Rodgers may not be feeling the pressure himself, but I'm not so sure that he doesn't that that this may be his last chance. I don't know if he ever gets a chance again. And and you know they say the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Who knows what happens if he leaves this Packers organization? If he's ever going to have a chance to get back to the Super Bowl? All right. So those are my top five quarterbacks under the most pressure this year. At number five, Matthew Stafford with the L.A. Rams. Number four, I have Tua and Daniel Jones with the Dolphins and the Giants. Carson Wentz with the Indianapolis Colts. Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, and then Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers and all the pressure that he has to win a Super Bowl this year. Tell me if I miss anybody on that list. There there are certainly more quarterbacks under pressure um, than just those. And I will say a couple that I left off that you probably say should be on here. One is Dak Prescott. Um, And I actually think that he is not under that much pressure because he has so many excuses that he can use if the Cowboys have a bad year. We know Dak can be a great quarterback. Uh, We know he has all the talent in the world. And to me, if he has a bad year, he can just say, well, you know, Mike McCarthy, I I just don't drive with him. Or maybe, oh, I'm still injured. And so I think if Dak has a good year, he can say, you know, look how great I am. Look how I was able to overcome. But if not, he has a lot of built-in excuses. You may also say Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton. And I think, to me, the pressure is already off them because Cam Newton, I think, could definitely have a great year and play for the for the Patriots organization um, the entire season. But his days are numbered, and so are Jimmy G's. You don't draft a quarterback in the first round if you know you're not going to replace them. And so, to me, no matter what Garoppolo and Newton do, their days are numbered, and they will be replaced. And so, to me, the, their pressure is not warranted. Now, they do have a lot of pressure on them to stay in the league as long as possible, but I think they eventually will be replaced. But let me know if I miss anybody and you see anybody else uh, that has you think has the most pressure on them. So that will wrap up kind of our NFL League overview today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm so excited to begin watching the season. And next week, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to have – some NFL fantasy football help. I'm going to have my friend Andrew Sullivan on to discuss that, and hopefully we can help you build your team and tell you some tips to help you win your league this year. Um, So stay tuned for that, and I hope you'll listen next week. All right, to close out our episode today, we're going to introduce a new segment, Good Take, Hot Take. And I'm going to take your input, your opinions that you submitted to me, and tell you, Is it just a hot take or do you actually have some validity to your opinion? Stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. so excited to close today's episode with a brand new segment good take hot take i asked on social media for your sports opinions your sports hot takes and you delivered thank you so much for all the comments that i received and all the input i got 
I want to do listener-based segments, and I want to make this a listener-based show. Um, and so thank you for all the input and all the responses uh, that you gave me. And we got some good content to talk about. And so how this is going to work is I'm going to shout you out and read the take that you gave me. And then I'm going to say if it's a good take and I agree with it, or if it's a hot take and we need to wait to see if it comes to fruition or if I just completely disagree with it. Um, and so I'm going to separate these takes kind of by sports and by uh, specific things in that sport. And so let's get into it. We're going to start with quarterback takes because I got a lot of those Quarterback conversation has dominated this episode, and so I thought it was only right to start with it now and continue that conversation. And so the first take that I want to do comes from Braden, and he says, Tua, speaking of Tua Tungavailoa, was not as good at Alabama as everyone made him out to be. Great receivers, great personality, and great teammate, but just an average player that had a pretty throw because he was left-handed. All right, I'm going to say this is a good take until the very end, and then I'm going to say hot take. I know that's kind of cheating. But overall, it's a good take. Obviously, I'm a student in Alabama, as I've mentioned. I'm an Alabama football fan, and I have a lot of respect for Tua. But I do think he was overhyped at Alabama. Um, we put a lot of expectations on him after what he did in the in the national championship game as a freshman. And we created this persona of him, the media did, Alabama fans, that's kind of larger than life. And I think kind of unfair to him because he hadn't even completed his college career yet. And so now he, he's been injured, obviously, and had a major injury. Um, and maybe we're finding out he's not as quite as good as we made him out to be. Um, and that's unfortunate for him because now he's going to have to kind of live up to the narrative that we created, even though it was kind of unfair. I will say there is a part of this take that I disagree with, and that is the very last of it. Just an average player that had a pretty throw because he was left-handed. Tua still did things in college and has skills that make him special. Um, whether it's his accuracy, whether it's his intuition as a quarterback, he has things that make him a good to great quarterback in the NFL. And I think it's unfortunate that the media has kind of created this narrative around him with Miami that because he didn't have a great year and maybe the coaching staff didn't really trust him that, oh, something's wrong with him. I think he has a lot of room to grow and He's going to prove this year that he's a better quarterback than what he showed last year. Now, I don't think he has greatest of all time potential or anything like that, but I do think Tua can be a good to great quarterback in this league. And so I would say don't give up on him yet. Let's see what he can do with a full season and let him grow a little bit more. All right, moving on to another young quarterback that is just making his way into the NFL. Torrey says, Trevor Lawrence is an average quarterback and will be a bust in the NFL. He was overhyped and didn't really do anything super impressive besides winning a natty his freshman year. They're in a bad conference and his stats were just good. He had a bad game in the national championship his sophomore year and got blown out in the playoff his junior year. He's way overhyped. I'm going to say easily that this is a hot take. Um, and I am by no means a Trevor Lawrence fanboy. Like I, I respect Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a good player. By no means his biggest fan. But especially with him, I don't understand exactly where all this hate comes from. And there's a couple of things I think that even Tory mentions in here that kind of refutes his statement. And so I don't disagree necessarily that Trevor Lawrence is just going to be an average quarterback and he may not be that great in the NFL. But the logic is what I disagree with. Um, and I'm a big logic guy. Because, okay, you I've heard a lot of people bring up this argument too. It's not It's not just Tory. He didn't do anything super impressive besides winning a natty his freshman year. (laughs) 
what else do you want him to do? What else do you want a quarterback in college to do? I, I don't really know a bigger accomplishment than winning a national championship your freshman year. And the thing is, is name more quarterbacks that have been more impressive in college than him. Like, look at Patrick Mahomes. We consider him the best NFL quarterback right now. He went to Texas Tech, and I don't even know if they had more than eight wins in a season when he was there. He definitely was not even looked at for the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence took Clemson to the playoffs every year he was there. And yes, he had some bad games. But I do not think you can say that he does not have an impressive college resume. And that does also not prove that he's going to have a successful NFL career or a bad NFL career. Um, We just talked about Patrick Mahomes. His college career and his college resume was not impressive at all. He was in a bad conference and just had good stats. Look what he's done. Um, And so I do not think that that logic is good. And in fact, look at somebody like Tim Tebow. Probably one of the greatest college resumes as a quarterback that we've ever seen. I think he he was on two national championship teams, um, pretty much did about everything you can do as a quarterback. What did that get him in the NFL? Um, and now he's out of the league and just tried to play tight end, try to play minor league baseball. So I don't think you can use a college resume, one, as, oh, he's going to be successful in the NFL. And two, I don't even think that matters because most of the, the great quarterbacks in the NFL didn't necessarily have great college careers. And so while I think he could be an average quarterback in the NFL, and maybe he is a bust, I don't. I don't agree with all this hate Trevor Lawrence is getting, and let's wait and see, because there is a reason he's the number one pick, and he's definitely got the intangibles to be an elite quarterback in the league. All right, let's move on to another one. John says Mac Jones will win the starting job for New England by game four of the regular season. I'm going to say this is a hot take, Um, and it's not that I don't think Mac Jones is good enough to be a starter for the New England Patriots. I actually think he could start week one. But I do think Cam Newton is a more than serviceable quarterback. I think that he kind of had a bad year last year, had some circumstances with COVID that set him back. And I think because of the way that Bill Belichick coaches and the way that team is constructed, they're going to let Cam ride it out for as long as he can. And I honestly think he's going to have a good year. Um, Now, I'm not saying Matt Jones may not come in and, and eventually take over, And there is definitely a possibility where Cam starts the year, loses a couple games, looks bad, and they go to Mac. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Cam has a pretty good start to the season. And, you know, he's been an MVP in this league. And I think that he lasts maybe even the entire year. And so I'm going to disagree that Mac Jones will not be the starting quarterback by game four of the regular season. However, as I mentioned earlier, Cam Newton's days are are numbered and Mac is coming. And so it will be sooner rather than later in the overall picture of things that, that Mac Jones is the starter um, for the New England Patriots. All right. Um, let's see. Do I have any more? Oh, yeah. One more quarterback take. This is from Ben. He says, Matt Stafford will lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns now that he's at the Rams. Um, I'm going to say this is a hot take as well. I already mentioned that I, I like the move that the Rams made to get Matthew Stafford. I think he is a, a good to great quarterback in the NFL, and I definitely think he can take the Rams to the Super Bowl. However, Stafford's not someone who I, I don't see that him putting up league leading yards statistics. I could see him maybe potentially leading the league in touchdowns because he's got some great wide receivers to throw to um, that can score a lot. But overall, I think he's 
a good quarterback who is more one of those like Brady who is able to lead his team uh, down the field by having just good successful drives and is not really a stats guy. Um, so I don't look for him to lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns. But I asked for sports hot takes, and that might be one that could pan out. Who knows? All right, let's move into college football. Now, I got several takes on that. Um, the first one comes from, from Ben as well, but not the same one. He actually shares a last name with me, so shout out to Ben Miller. Um, his number one take is, the loser of the Georgia versus Clemson week one um, is guaranteed not to make the college football playoffs. Georgia has a tough schedule after, and Clemson will not have a significant team to play. This is a good slash hot take, and I know that's kind of cheating once again, but I agree with it halfway and not the other way. If Georgia loses this game, I think their season is over as far as making the college football playoff because we still only have four teams. If Georgia loses to Clemson, their schedule is too tough, as Ben said, to make it into the college football playoff. I think they slip up again somewhere along the way, either in the regular season or in the SEC championship game. However, where I disagree with this is with Clemson. And I honestly think you answered why this is a hot take in the statement. Clemson will not have another significant team to play after Georgia, really. Nobody really, I think, gives them a run for their money, except maybe North Carolina. And so they're definitely, I think, not it's not guaranteed that they're not going to make the playoff if they lose to Georgia. Um, because if they lose and then win the rest of their games and win the conference championship, you're telling me the college football playoff committee is going to keep Clemson out of the playoff with one loss to a good Georgia team with a conference championship on their resume? Um, I don't think so. So I agree with the Georgia part of that take, not with the Clemson part. All right, another college football take that we had was from John once again, very Alabama-related, says Will Anderson will have 12-plus sacks this season. That is a good take. I definitely think that that could happen. I mean, think about that. That's only about one sack uh, per game uh, in the regular season, not even counting uh, the SEC championship and the potential playoffs. Um, and I definitely think he can do that and have multiple sacks in games to get him to 12. So that is, I would definitely agree, uh, a good take. Um, and then Ben once again says, even with the young team and rebuilt team, Bama still goes undefeated. Definitely think this could definitely, I definitely think this could happen. I'm going to say uh, this is a good take because you can never count Bama out. Now they can obviously uh, lose a game. Um, I think A&M poses a threat to them this year. You never know what's going to happen uh, at Auburn, but I would not be surprised if Bama goes undefeated uh, until the playoff, at least. All right, uh, now we're going to move on to a couple of Major League Baseball takes, and I got a couple of those as well. We haven't really talked about that today, but uh, I, want to, I want to get into what uh, some of the takes that I got. So they're actually related to each other. Seth says the season is too long. I love the shortened season and COVID year, shortened regular season, extend postseason, run season until football, call it good. And then Dexter says on the other side of the spectrum, hold on one second, let me pull it up to where I can read it. He says, baseball is just fine the way it is. Only thing I'd add is a DH in the NL, changing the schedule and or postseason structure would make a lot of fans stop watching. I'm going to say that Cess is a hot take and Dexter's is a good take because I like the long season in Major League Baseball. 
Um, I think the way baseball is set up, it, it's kind of a game of luck. You know, in, in basketball and football, your best players can kind of control the game. And if they play to the level that they know how to play, your team's normally going to win. But in Major League Baseball, you may not always have your best pitcher out on the mound. You know, with hitting, it, it's such a hard thing to do. Your best hitter may not always have a good night. And so in a shortened season, it, it's a lot of luck involved, especially if something as short as 60 games. So I wouldn't mind shortening a little bit, like maybe to, I don't know, 145, maybe a little lower than that. But overall, I like the um, the MLB season the way it is. And I also want a DH as well. I don't understand why pitchers need to hit. I understand it creates some strategy in the game. But if we really want to see the ba- the best baseball, why not have a universal DH? So I agree with that as well. All right. Got two more sets of takes that we're going to talk about, and that is uh, one is this is what is the most skilled sport? I got several of of these um, from Alexander. I got I would argue the sport that requires the most skill is hockey, um, and then from Dustin I got golf has to be the most physically demanding game. It requires more focus and mental strength than any other sport. I think both of these are are pretty good takes. Um, the thing I would say about hockey is that if there are positions that you can play um, in hockey where if you know how to skate and you know you know pretty much how to do your role and, and handle a puck or, or play defense, then you can do it. But it does take a very special skill. Um, I don't know if it's the most skilled sport, so maybe it is a hot take in that way. But hockey doesn't get the credit it deserves. And then the golf one I, I totally agree with. And I actually think, you I don't know if you meant to put physically demanding game, um, but I agree with that it requires more focus and mental strength than any other sport. Because if you don't think so, go out on a golf course and try to play 18 holes. It's frustrating if you're bad. Um, and so you watch these professionals who devote their entire life to playing golf. It is so hard to keep your cool on a golf course when things go bad and to be able to focus and, and have the mental strength to rebound from from the bad shots that you hit um, and try to continue on uh, and, and ride the ship. And, that, and that's what separates the, the, the great golf players from, from just the average ones on the PGA tour, uh, is that they're able to bounce back from those bad shots, realize that they're going to happen. Um, and then, and then still be able to post a good score. All right, we're going to close today with some basketball takes. I've mentioned before that I played basketball and it's definitely one of my favorite sports. And so that's what I wanted to close with today. Caleb says Kareem needs to be in the GOAT conversation with Jordan and LeBron. Um, I'm going to say that this is a hot take just because I, I think Jordan is the GOAT. And um, I, I, while I love Kareem, I don't think he should be in the GOAT conversation. Um, yes, if you're, he has the most points ever scored. Yes, he has a lot of championships as well. But as far as greatest of all time, he, he's still limited in, in what he can do. Michael Jordan could play defense. He could handle the ball. He could play make. He could make any shot you wanted him to make. He had that athleticism. Kareem, on the other hand, unfor- I mean, it, it's not his fault, but he could only do so much as a big man. He, was, he wasn't a good ball handler. Um, he was a good passer for his size, uh, but he, he wasn't able to necessarily – you know, get you that shot that at the end of the game. Now he did have the sky hook, but I don't think you can put him quite in the goat conversation. Um, the other one I got about basketball uh, that w- I would definitely tend to agree with is shot clock in high school basketball. 
Um, and Rusty says that, and I definitely agree. That is, I don't even know if that's a hot take at all. It's just a good take because, um, you know, if you're, if you're, if some of these players in high school are going to play in college, why would you not want to prepare them for, for what's coming? And, and obviously that's what basketball is intended to be is to have a shot clock. So why would you not put that in the high school game? And a lot of times it causes those games at the end to be ugly and teams try to hold the ball. Um, and so I'm all for implementing a shot clock. And then I got another one from another Caleb who says LeBron over Jordan. I'm just going to say that's a hot take and disagree. I'm Jordan all the way. That's all you got to know. And that wraps up good take, hot take. Once again, I so much appreciate um, the comments that I got uh, on this segment. I'm probably going to do another one uh, of these. And it's going to be a little while before I do it again. Uh, and maybe we'll have another sport in season that we can kind of talk about. But thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for all your input. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it up until this point. Next week, we are going to have another football-related episode, and we're going to move into the purely into the college football world as far as overview. We're going to talk about the SEC, and I'm going to have my friend Andrew Sullivan on to give you our playoff predictions. And we're also going to give you, as I mentioned, NFL fantasy football help. Um, and give you some tips to have a good team and win your league this year. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. See you next time.